we're going to get into Joel here in a little bit, the book of Joel. And uh, I don't have it on the screen, so you may need to follow along in your... Uh, but first, we're going to lay a foundation here. The title is Living Upright in an Upside-Down World. Now think about that. It may be a little difficult to live upright in this society we live in today. So the topic is about a God's plan for restoration to the upside down. Because he does want all people to be restored. So I'm going to start here with saying darkness is upon our land. Philosophies of men and vain deceits, as the Bible says. I'm going to talk about two evil ideologies that are growing in our land and then show the opportunities that we have as upright in this land. First one's hedonism. What is that? It's the pursuit of pleasure, the philosophy of pleasure as the highest value. So it started in the Americas in the 50s and 60s. I was part of that particular group. Free love, the hippie movement, the college generations were affected. I was in college at that time. But then, the Jesus movement came along. And God restored those who were upside down, without hope, and he set them aright. And we see that in the movie that's out there right now. And we, I believe it's full-blown full again. And it's time for another Jesus movement. We see a little bit of it, but we need a full scale. Because I love those that are upside down. So here's what the thought is for those enjoying the pleasure, is that it will block the pain. And it does. And that's why the hippies did what they did. That's why I did what I did, and most people do. The pleasure of sex and alcohol and drugs and other pleasures will medicate the depression, self-hatred, and the injustice that has happened to people. I have hope for those that are in this classification. All medical pain all medicate pain in some way. Think about it. How do you medicate the pain in your life? I have through the years at different times tried varying pleasure. And I'll not tell you what all they are, Anna. But only one ultimately made sense at all. Jesus. The word of God, the power of the Holy Spirit to be the helper and to be the comforter. Fellowship with other believers. 
Pleasure always has the same effect of shame, after effect of shame and failure, until the conscious becomes seared and then you don't even think about it anymore. Story of the prodigal son is a good illustration, don't you think? He said, I want my money now, Dad. And he took that money and it says he used it on worldly pleasures. But the ultimate act was he ended up in the pig's pen. And then he looked up and said, Dad, where are you? And his dad accepted him back. And that is where pleasure, hedonism, takes you. But the second one I want to talk about is an ideology right now in our land that is evil to the core in my, uh, as the Lord spoke to me, and it's called woke, wokeism. It has changed the course of America. What is it anyway? I always wondered, I couldn't understand it. Being alert to invisible injustices per perpetrated against disempowered classes of people. Woke is the merger of Marxism with identity poli politics of race, gender, and sexual identification. It is rooted in academia and particularly affects the minds of Generation Z and millennials. It is in our education. It's in our entertainment. It's in politics. It's in corporate America. It's even in our clothes and our sports. I'm blowing a trumpet today, a warning, and also a gathering together. And you'll see this in Joel. There is no absolute truth. The truth is relative. Therefore, no Bible, no God, no moral guide. It divides people. It is indoctrination with activism. The woke, the woke way or no way. I say it is time that we as kingdom of God people woke up and begin to combat this darkness through our weapons of prayer and boldness and compassion. Jesus never divides, he never divided people groups and neither did Paul's teachings. Jesus demonstrated many times what our reaction should be. Matthew 14, 14, he gathered a large group, 3,000 or so together. And he saw them and he had compassion on them and he healed them all. That is how we have to see those that are upside down, with compassion. Story of the Good Samaritan is another one that Jesus illustrated because the Jewish man was in, had been beaten, robbed, and was at the side of the road. And two other Jewish people, a Levite and a Pharisee, walked by and turned their head away. We cannot be ones that turn our head away. But another people group called the Samaritans, who weren't even getting along with Jewish people, he came along and saw them, him, and went down in the ditch, tended to his wounds, 
brought him to the inn and gave him money to stay there at the inn till he recovered. This is what we have to get. See, God's a God of restoration. This is what he wants. But Paul said, not but, but Paul said, Galatians 3, 28, there is neither Jew nor Greek. And I'll put in here black or white. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male or female. For you are all one in Jesus Christ. There is no dividing line with Christ. But woke wants to divide people. Summary, in today's society, good is called evil, and evil is called good. That's the bottom line. Many are brainwashed. There is no God, or there is only a God of love and inclusion. But God has called his people to bring restoration to the people who live in pain, who live in unbelief, who are under false perceptions. My natural emotion is to be angry at people that perpetrate these false doctrines, criticize, to fight. But I have to realize that's what they do. I don't want to join the ranks. I want to be different as a kingdom of God person. My response is a person in his kingdom. And I'll say the upright. So the upright is this way, close to Jesus. The upside down or down here. Now I realize there's a lot of people that are Christians that are somewhere in between because they're being pulled by the upright. And so their moral sense, their compass is not upright according to biblical standards. It's someplace this way. And these are the ones we want to grab and pull back with truth and bring them back to the word of God. Can you, make, can you and I make a difference? Can you and I bring hope to the hopeless? That surrounds us? Can we be restorers of the breach? Yes, yes, and yes. There are many that have God's seed planted in them. And that seed is there, but they're living a, a, a lifestyle that is far from upright. Let me ask you this. Do you think God allows this on our land? Does he allow this to take place? Well, there is some precedent that God does bring judgment to the nations and therefore tribulation to you and I. Is there no hope? Sometimes I say that as I see what's happening. But he makes a way for his people. He never gets away from his remnant. So I'm going to look at Joel 1 through 3 and see what it says. I'll just make this chapters 1 through 3. We are living in the days of Joel. 
Joel is a combination of hope for Israel, hope for believers through the power of God and the Messiah and the Holy Spirit. Joel is about God's judgment upon sin. Joel is about restoration. Joel is timeless and moves in and out of the ages with different typology types. Joel is about an agriculture nation that is strayed from God's way. And thus, judgment came upon that nation. Let's look at Joel. Now, I'm, I'm using spiritual liberty here in many places because this was an agriculture nation. And we see in verse 4, that which the palmer worm hath left, hath the locust eaten, and that which the locust hath left, hath the canker worm eaten, and that which the canker worm hath left, hath the caterpillar eaten. It took their entire crop. And I believe these ideologies will take everything from you and I. I believe they're evil. I would like to come up with four types of, of uh, canker worm and, and uh, pomegranate, palmer worm, and the locusts. And, and just talk about those, but I don't have that. <laughs> so let it be known that these are types of the devil. They're types of evil. In verse 6, and he says, For a nation has come upon my land. And I say that this is nation that's... This which has come upon my our land is ungodly ideology, strong and without number, etc., etc. And here's what they do: these uh, these uh, evil uh, palmer worms and locusts. The field is wasted in verse 10. The land mourns, for the corn is wasted. The new wine is dried up. The oil is languished. And I'm going to tell you right now that in our land, the corn represents the word of God. The uh, new wine represents the Holy Spirit. And the oil represents the joy of the Lord. And this is being robbed from believers, from people everywhere in our land. And with God, God has a remedy in verse 13, 14, and 15, in Joel, he says, Hey, gird yourself. Come on, quit ye like men. Be strong. And sanctify a fast. Call a solemn assembly. And cry unto the Lord. I, I think the churches, the upright, are way too silent. That's one of the reasons I believe God gave me this. He, he downloaded this to me. We are not to be a silent people. Cry unto the Lord, alas for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand, and as a destruction from the Almighty shall it come. God does bring judgment. Absolutely. Chapter 2 and verse 1, and then again in verse uh, 15, he uses this, blow ye the trumpet in Zion. 
What do you think that means? Get your voice out there. What's the trumpet? Speak it. Be the herald. Be the voice of God. We are not to be a silent church. Yeah. And he goes on and talks about part of that, what happens. Talks about how these locusts appear as mighty horsemen. They're destroying our land. Verse 7, he says, They shall run like mighty men. They shall climb the wall like men of war. And they shall march. And they shall not break their ranks. And this is what we're seeing today. The evil is gathered together. And they are strong and united. And they have come upon our land. But in verse 11, he says, The Lord shall utter his voice before his army, for his camp is very great. The Lord is uttering his voice nowadays. To those that will hear it, take time to be with your God and listen to him. For he's telling us things. Therefore also now saith the Lord, turn ye even unto me with all your heart, with fasting and weeping, with mourning. And rend your heart and not your garments. It's not about religion. It's about heart, as we learned in breakfast tables this morning. For our God is slow to anger, of great kindness and repents. He mentions again in verse 15, blow the trumpet, which is a gathering trumpet. There are different types of trumpets that uh, the children of Israel had. One was a warning trumpet, had a different sound. Then the gathering trumpet was a different sound altogether, and the people would come together. And I believe those uh, two trumpets are being sounded in the land today. Warning. Gather together, believers. And then the heart of the father, father comes about in verse 19. Yea, the Lord will answer and say unto his people, Behold, I will send you corn and wine and oil, and you shall be satisfied therewith. I will no more make you a reproach among the heathens. There is coming a time of restoration. Hold on to that, because your God will bring back the word, the Holy Spirit, and the oil of joy. That's, that's what he's talking about here with the Israelites in their land. And then he, he goes on to say, Fear not, O land, be glad and rejoice, for the Lord will do great things. Fear not. Verse 23, Be glad then, ye children of Zion, the church, and rejoice in the Lord your God, for he hath given you the former rain moderately, and he will cause to come down for you the rain, both the former rain and the latter rain, a double. So this former rain is the autumn rain. He's speaking to them. The autumn rain right before they went to plant the wheat. They had to have rain in order for the roots to find moisture and then the plant to grow. 
for germination. A lot of people think that that former rain is the Old Testament teaching, for they also believe that the latter rain, the spring rain before the harvest, which is in a lot of people's mind, mine too, is the birth of the church. It's the birth of the church age, which came at the outpouring of the Spirit. Look at the, we'll skip down to verse 28 through 32. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions. Have you ever heard this verse before? Where, where is it found? These verses in 28 through 32 reach forward and are grabbed by Peter on the day of Pentecost, and he spoke the age of the church into existence, but with power and dependence upon the Holy Spirit. And that's the age we live in now. God did not intend for the church to be weak. He intends for the church to be filled with the Holy Ghost and power. He intends for the sons and the daughters to prophesy, old men to dream dreams, and young men see visions, and also upon the servants, upon the handmaidens in those days, will I pour out my spirit. And I will show wonders in the heaven in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood before the great and terrible day of the Lord. The great day of the Lord is prior to the second coming of Christ, and I believe we're going to see it. I've taught on this before. The great day of the Lord is coming with fire. We're going to see the heavens and all this, but before that, the church age is now. The church age is when we are marching forward in power and strength. And Joel prophesies it here. Peter grabbed it and the church age was birthed. You and I are living in the church age. We cannot look at religion any longer. Religion isn't going to do it. It's going to be the power of the Holy Spirit to get through the upside down times that we live in and, and that Joel was saying here. And he, he foreshowed this. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. For in Mount Zion and in Jerusalem and in the church altogether shall be deliverance as the Lord has said. And in the remnant who the Lord shall call. Verse 23, just before that, he talks about the double rain coming down and the, and the floor shall be full of wheat and the vat shall overflow with wine and oil. Verse 25, and it says, and I will restore you what the years of the locusts, evil ideologies are stealing from your land. I will restore because that's your God. That's who loves you. And it goes into chapter 3. And he, in verse 9, he, he tells us that there's a war that we must look at. In verse 16, he says, And the Lord also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. 
but the Lord will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. Your hope is not in your politics. It's not in anything other than the Lord. He's the one that can stay judgment in your land. Wow. From 18 on, it says there's great blessing after this restoration. We'll drip with new wine and flow with milk and floods of water. We, we sang about the water today. He will dwell with us. So what's the bottom line of Joel here? For those who love him, he will see us through the tough times, the upside down ideologies that these last days bring. And I believe we are in the last days. It's my firm feeling, knowing. The Messiah has come and he's ushered in the new covenant the pattern for the church is one of strength and power of the Holy Spirit. We need to embrace the power of the Holy Spirit and activate. Not just a mental, okay, Holy Spirit. No, be the vessel of God that uses you in this day and this age. He wants to use each and every one of you in the kingdom of God. And he will says, blow the trumpet, give a warning, and bring, gather the people together for repentance. We have a mandate as the people of God to bring restoration to the lost, is the last thing that I got out of this. There was a prophetic word here in this church on May 28th of this year. Here's what it said. Barely alive, but alive. This is the day in the hour that I will stir the coals, the coals of the barely alive and blow on the embers of those held captive by woundings and desolations and false teachings. I will stir the embers of the complacent and the lukewarm and the winds will bring a full flame again. The prayer of the saints has arisen to me as sweet fragrance and I have heard the cry of the for the children and grandchildren and your neighborhoods and your country i have a purpose for all in the uh, army of god in this end time those are those seeds for those that are somewhere between upright and this way that have been planted in god's children and they're all across this land but they're influenced, indoctrinated by ideologies that are not of God. They're not from God. And you need to realize this. Jesus is inclusive. Jesus does comfort the weak and the poor. In, in Isaiah 61.1, there's a messianic prophecy that came forth. The Spirit of the Lord, God, is upon me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them 
that are bound. The Messiah, when he came, Isaiah was saying, he's going to release the captives. He's going to open the doors. Well, he came. Jesus, this is a messianic prophecy. And I like Luke 4, 17 through 21. I like the whole reading of this. It's so cool. And Jesus came to Nazareth, where he had been brought up. And as his custom was, he went to the synagogue on the Sabbath day and stood up for to read. And there was delivered unto him the book of the prophet Isaiah, which is Isaiah. And when he had opened the book, he found the place where it was written. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He hath sent me, Jesus said, to heal the broken heart, to preach deliverance to the captive, recovering of sight to the blind. He set at liberty them that are bruised to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And then he closed the book and he gave it again to the minister and he sat down in the eyes of all of them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began to say, this day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Hope came back. The hope for all of mankind through the Messiah, Jesus Christ, came. And he walked the earth, didn't he? And he did heal. And he did deliver. And he did uh, make people who are captive to their brokenness, captive to alcohol, captive to sexual addictions. He set people free. But I like the next part, Colossians 1.27. To whom God would make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Put it on your chest. This same Christ is in you. The Bible says so, and I know so, because when I was born again, the Spirit of the Lord came in me, and I was a different creation at that time. I don't know how many people I've laid hands on through the years in the different countries and and church settings, but a lot, and ask God to heal their broken heart. Ask God to heal their body, heal their mind, because our minds are all messed up. He did that first to me. I was a different man. Matter of fact, I was a new creation through Christ Jesus. I was willing to give out the spirit of Jesus, the spirit of the Holy Ghost. And this is what Peter said when he grabbed Joel, that we were to be a people of the spirit and let the spirit of God pour out. Christ in me, the hope of glory, a new DNA, a new creation, a new identity, a new mission. Before I had a mission of just raising as many crops as I could on my farm. Man, when he came in, much to the chagrin of some of my family members, 
He sent me on a worldwide mission. And that's how I ended up at all those nations, giving out this new identity. We as believers have the same mandate of restoration to this upside down world. There's no one that God can't turn right. Even the ones that generated wokeism. He did it to Nikki Cruz, the leader of a gang in New York City, who his gang was the most evil in New York City. And he sent a preacher named David Wilkerson. And he'll send you and I, because the Spirit of God lives in us. And he, he went into the evil neighborhoods, the gang neighborhoods, and they made fun of him because he would tell the Word of God. But you know what? He continued to herald. He continued to blow the trumpet to those gang members. And Nikki Cruz finally came to him, said, I've been hearing you, preacher. I don't act like I'm hearing you, but I've been hearing you. I want what you have. He bowed his knee to Jesus Christ, gave his life. And from that day on, that gang ceased to be that gang in New York City. And he became a preacher of the gospel, like I did, like many of you have done. I don't believe it's a time to retire. It's a time to refire, although every temptation in me wants to retire. <laughs> Hardest things I do is get up here and preach to you guys. <laughs> Nikki Cruz, read his book by David Wilkerson. It's called The Cross and the Switchblade. It is amazing. But the thing is, there are people all around the world that have had this experience with Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit, just like in the days of Joel, they turned. They were restored. Christ is the hope for the nations. And in this nation, he is the only hope for this generation of people. And I'm asking you today, if you are not upright before God, and you're someplace in this one here. You're being influenced by these ideologies. I'm asking you today to repent, make a change, and get upright. Because the Bible is the only standard that's going to save mankind. What is God's expectation of his kingdom people? Workers, witnesses, and warriors. I want to read this is the final thing here. So I am about 35 minutes longer than usual. This is a prophecy that came in January about this house, this church. And the Lord would say concerning this house, Thus saith the Lord, This house will be a house where men, women, and children would come to meet me. What prophecy is, is a human being is hearing what God is saying. And they're giving that prophecy out. A place where they will hear from heaven. A place where they will receive their healing. All kinds of healing. Mental, emotional, and physical. 
They'll receive their answer because he hears the cry. God is one who hears the cry. I'm adding to it here. I'm sorry. I will do amazing. I'm getting a little preach on this. I will do amazing things in this house, says the Lord. There will be unusual manifestations, saith the Lord. I've seen a few of those. For this house is an epicenter of what is coming. This house has been called for a purpose and a plan. It is not a plan of man, but of my spirit, says the Lord. And I will do great and mighty things to bring people into my presence. For the Lord desires a relationship with his creation that many do not know is available. For the Lord will bring them in. The Lord will bring them in. The Lord will bring them in. For this is a place of meeting, says the Lord. Let's stand up. And if some of you would like to do what I did, meet Jesus. Give your life to God and get on track. Maybe you were on track at one time. Maybe those seeds were planted in there and they got robbed away from you. I'd just like you to raise your hand. Anybody here would like to get on track again? Find Jesus. If you would like to, come see us afterwards. I'm going to turn it over to Cammy, And I, I believe that God is doing a mighty work in your hearts today.